Welcome, Redeemer City Church, to our second um, continuation of the conversation we had um, last or last first Wednesday. Do you believe um, it's been a month already? It's been a month. Yeah, it's been a whole month. But um, we just heard that song, uh, "Promises," and I absolutely just love love that song. Every time I hear it, it hits me um, hard when I think about. Um, Actually, more when I dwell on, yeah. when I dwell on God's faithfulness to me and how he's brought me through so much. And I think each one of us can account to that. I mean, we, if you're still here and you're still alive and you're still breathing, for 40 years he has provided and he's been faithful to me, even in times where I wasn't faithful back and Great is his faithfulness to me. In the rising sun and the sitting same, I will praise your name. Amen. That has become habitual to me. Like I rise in the morning, I will praise his name because of how faithful he is. So uh, I love uh, Maverick City. I think wrote those lyrics um, and absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Amen. You know, as we think about this conversation and this is Jerome by the way I'm Mitch we're pastors here at Redeemer City Church if you've stumbled across this live stream um, last month as Jerome said we started a conversation about Black History Month about theology about reconciliation and last time we chatted we literally read the scriptures where the Bible reminds us that we were left here on earth as ministers of reconciliation and that we, as the people of God, play an active role in bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And a huge part of that, according to scripture, is reconciliation. And so we, we started that conversation last week and we want to continue, last week, last month. Yeah, last month. <laughs> we want to continue. It seems like last that. week, but it's been, it was, <laughs> it was a month Feels ago. Feels like last week. Yeah. But, you know, we want this to be a conversation that continues, not just in a certain month of the year. We celebrate that in a, in a certain month of the year, but we want it to be a conversation that keeps going because it's it's biblical, and we want to we want to continue that. Um, so, Jerome, why don't you pray for us, and then I'm going to read a passage of scripture, and then Jerome has some thoughts that he's going to share with us that'll just help us as we continue this conversation about our own spiritual practices and the habits that we have and how we see the world and. Uh, it's going to be a good conversation tonight. I'm glad you're with us. If you're new to Redeemer, uh, go to RedeemerTampa.com and you can find out lots of information about our church. You can connect with us there if we can help you in any way. And uh, we would love to do that and pray with you, meet with you, uh, help you grow, uh, meet Jesus. Uh, anything that we can do for you, we would love to do that over there at RedeemerTampa.com. Let's pray and uh, we will jump right in. Yeah. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just we just recalibrate our vision to you, Lord. We want to have a posture that's looking to you first um, before anything else, before looking to our left and our right, Lord. We want to have our vision up, our vision on you. And Lord, I just pray that you would just open up um, our hearts, Lord, and, and our ears to hear 
um, and perceive, Father, um, what you want us to perceive, what you want us to hear um, from your word as uh, Mitch reads in, in Acts and from Paul and just to hear uh, that word and and just to or to have a heart uh, of understanding and to hear uh, the message, not only the message, Lord, but just our conversation and uh, to pose questions and and um, hopefully to hash out and, and, and talk and and just be honest um, with each other and and have a, a good deep um, conversation, Father, Lord, with you guiding the conversation, Lord. So we love you. Uh, we lift you up. We praise you always. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, thanks for being with us tonight. If uh, you need something uh, or have a question while we're while we're chatting tonight, you can just drop some comments in the in the chat there on YouTube, and uh, we've got people that will be there and engaging with you. But to kind of tee up our conversation uh, from where we were last week, talking about really the theology behind being uh, ministers of reconciliation and just God's heart in that, the Father's heart in that, I wanted to give just a really practical example um, from Scripture. In Acts chapter 17, uh, the Apostle Paul, or Saint Paul, depending on your tradition and background, um, was in the city of Athens. And Athens at the time was... A intellectual giant of a city. It was a place where people were very educated. Um, just a, a lot of that kind of culture. And so they were, there was a place called the um, Areopagus. And uh, people would go there. And there was just lined up all these different uh, idols and gods. And Paul comes and goes into that place and begins to preach a sermon to the people that are there in Athens. And I just want you to hear um, his sermon there and pick up on some of the major themes, the keys that uh, he chooses to use when he goes and talks to these uh, religious men and women, but also very intellectual. So, they were, like our culture, yes, prided yes. themselves on how smart they were and how much they knew and how, how advanced they were. Um, so, Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 22, and I'm going to read all the way to the end of the chapter, which is verse 34. And uh, I just remind you that this was these were real people at a real point in history having a real conversation. And Paul's preaching a very real sermon here. So uh, listen to what Paul has to say. So Acts chapter 17, verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Everybody's religious. Jerome's going to talk about that in a minute. Verse 23. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands. 
as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And listen to this, verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. That they should seek God. And perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said. For we are indeed his offspring. Being then... God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day. On which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That's Jesus, obviously. Verse 32. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed. Among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So pretty, pretty powerful sermon and some pretty massive things that he talks about. But I think in relation to the conversation we started last month on reconciliation, as Paul comes in, uh, if you were to read the chapters before this, Paul is consistently ostracized specifically for being a Jew, um, even though he's a Roman citizen. And, and I think it's chapter 16 where they call him a Jew and they treat him poorly because he's a Jew, because of his ethnicity. And then just a few verses later, they find out that he's actually a Roman citizen. <laughs> and they literally, the Bible says uh, in verse 39 of chapter 16, they come and apologize to him mm-hmm. like, oh, we... We thought you were one of those people. Mm-hmm. And no, then we yeah. found out. Try let them out. No, you can go. You can go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, now you're okay all of a sudden because you're of the right nationality. And so Paul dealt with that. And, you know, here, here he is in a place where he very likely was going to be persecuted. And he preaches to them this idea that God created all mankind out of one man. I love that. What and verse that is that again? He loves, one, so one, one nation. That is verse it's, it's right there. number 26. Yeah, what does it say again? And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. I love that. Yeah, and then, and then of course, the, the huge verse in verse 27, that they should seek God, feel their way toward him, because mm-hmm. in him we live and move and have our being. And so yes. if we're in Christ and that's where we live and move and have our being... That has to have direct implications on how we see that one man that God created, right? Because it's 
it's inappropriate for us to be what some would call colorblind, right? That would be, you know, saying that God didn't do those things on purpose, right? God created every human being exactly how he wanted them. And he created them in his image. He created every one of us in his image out of one man. And it's to live and move in him and have our being. And, you know, as we continue that conversation, um, you know, I know God's put a few things on your heart to share with us. So why don't you just kind of take the floor and uh, walk us through some of those things in relation to how we actually live and move and have our being as Christians uh, in this cultural moment, mm-hmm. which is not unlike the one Paul was in, but, you know. Yeah, Areopagus. It's, it's, it's very similar um, when I think of, you know, Rome and Egypt and, you yeah. know, these places where Paul is. But, um, yeah, even here in this context, here in the United States, um, in our culture, we... You know, Augustine talks about, you know, rightly ordered loves. And we were just, we went through a a series, a sermon series on ordered loves. And I think if our, I don't think, I believe, I know if our vision is Christ first, and that's our first love. Not that you can't love any of these other things. You can love your car if you want to, but love the person that created the materials and the elements to build the car, which is God. You can love, you know, your 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 children. All all this is good, yeah. but not above God. You know, not above Christ. So, a couple things I wrote these down. We need to reach maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's a big problem here. Is First of all, our, our loves are all disordered, right? We have sports teams that we love more than God. Let's be honest with ourselves. We, we, we love ourselves more than God. Um, vanity issues. I mean, there's so, there's, there's so many things that we need to rearrange, and only Christ can do that. Yeah. But we've got to carve out the time to let him and allow him Allow him to do that. Um, I put commitment to humility. Commitment to humility. How do I? That reminds me of, you know, when we were in our regular ordered love series, or maybe it was one before that in Philippians. Okay. um, Where it talks about it, where it says, um, you know, that in humility Mm. we are to consider others better. Esteem others better than ourselves. And how do you get there? Right? How do we get there? We both have a shirt that says, Ask God. <laughs> it's very simple. We should have worn like, Yeah, we should have worn <laughs> But ask God. James talks about if you want wisdom, ask God. Whatever you need, you can come to your Father. I struggle with humility, Father. Like, yeah. I, I humble me. Like, humble your servant. The more my eyes are on him, you're going to look more like your father. That's the journey that we're on. Every single day, you should look more like Christ. You won't see it in yourself, but others should see it in you. I should look like, man, Mitch is looking more like, man, I can just tell that there's something, you know, there's an aura 
or there's something about him or her that you look more like Christ. The only way to do that is to actually carve out tangible time to be with him on a regular basis, not every Sunday. No, every single day, every single night. Even if it's just for five minutes to give him time because this is a personal relationship. And then have him ask him to reveal reveal to you things about yourself that that you have questions about your order loves things that you love more than God and be real with yourself and it, that's a hard that's a hard thing because I think people say oh no I love yeah I love God more than anything but then actually do you because where do you spend your time when I love that like that that posture of humility because I forget what psalm it was, but where the the author says, you know, see if there be any wicked way Mm -hmm. in me. Because they're in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like one of the conversations you and I have been having offline is about like our, the habits and practices and things that we do. Because the reality is, is all of us worship. And and I know you know Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. those of you watching online, like we talk about that a lot, that worship is a lifestyle. And we... We believe that, but I think when we really, what you're touching on with like our sports teams and things is when you really lean into that, you know, Jesus said, what, where your treasure is, we're going to find your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, like if, if we really lean in and say like, where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my money? How am I, how am I orienting myself to the world? Like, what, what am I actually living out? Um, and we get real honest with each other. Um, it, it reveals a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. and when it comes to this conversation about um, reconciliation and where our culture is right now, we kind of ended last month's saying, listen, if we can't even recognize that there's a problem, um, yeah. we have a problem. Yeah. And I think where that has really hit us as we've been talking about it is that we are shaped by the culture that we find ourselves in yes so what we watch on tv all the time what we fill our mind with Mm -hmm. what podcasts we listen to where we like like where we spend our time if we spend our time at the mall shopping that's shaping us it it's it's shaping inside of us whether it's the news or uh, shopping or a sports team, the time we spend there is actually shaping what we love, how we feel. Mm-hmm. It is remaking us mm-hmm. literally in its image. And we, you know, do you ever wonder why like your sports team can lose and you just, you feel awful? Mm. And it's like it doesn't even matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter at all. Or your sports team can lose and you. You're, 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 you're still like, we're going to win the next one. We're going to win the next one. We're going to win the next one. <laughs> we got this hope. <laughs> we got this right? hope for a right? sports team. But it literally and, uh, is because we're being shaped. Yes. You know, and it gets more serious when you start looking at mm. the past like year and a half in our country. You start looking at the news and you start looking mm. about the coronavirus. And, you know, like some people think it's a joke. Some people are terrified, you know, or, you know, we think that a certain political candidate is going to going to rescue us and it's like no we're we're being shaped by those things and what we want to do as as your pastors is just like have this conversation and say 
Hey, like, where's your vision? Right? Like we say here, love God, sugar needs to serve the city. Vision up, mm-hmm. vision in, vision out. Like, where is... Where is the center of your attention? Where's the seat of your emotions? Where's yeah, your I think heart? you have to realize that, you know, get a, a definition of these liturgies, right? This, this, this worship, public worship. Yeah. And what does that look like? And you said the context of a mall. Well, I remember being a kid and I always went to the mall because that was like, you know, the only place I can go. And then so the mall is shaping me to think a certain way, to look a certain way, to um, I see images. That's what I got to look like to be attractive to somebody else. Um, or, like you said, a sports team. It shapes you and conforms you to their their liturgy. They want they want your heart. Uh, James K. Smith talks about your your uh, your cardia, right? Yeah. And literally. The mall wants your heart, right? Your your sports teams, they want your heart. Um, and that heart is only reserved for God. Yeah. Not saying that you can't love a sports team. Or, man, I love going going out to, you know, shopping every now and then. They, okay, but you can't, they can't have your heart. Yeah. But... Just be aware and be attentive to the fact that it wants your heart, right? So, um, I put down, like, where is the church in all this, right? So, how can we contribute and, like, what's the holdup with people trusting the church? Um, and I, I think the biggest thing is there's been, you know, a lot, well, people come with a lot of baggage, yeah. number one. Um, there's wounds of resentment. Yeah. You know, that that they've been hurt before and and so you know, they they come again, they come with that baggage and I think again, for me and I just wanna like encourage you again, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but literally to carve out that time for Christ. Have him show you what church to be to. Like how to get into, why you get into city group, come ask us. Like how to why is it important to be in community? Mm-hmm. To have people that'll pray for you, that care about you, that want to see you succeed, that esteem you higher than themselves, right? Pray for those type of people to surround you. Yeah. Number one. Right? And I mean I definitely believe here, you know, a shameless plug that Redeemer City Church is one of those churches. Um, that I know myself, I literally will pray for you and Mitch will pray for you and our, our team here, we, we pray. So that in itself is a, is a liturgy, um, that's a habit that needs to happen, that needs to be natural, right? Uh, we should be a church that prays often, like it should just be like breathing, right? Um, yeah, so those, that's the solution. I think of, uh, again, James K. Smith wrote this book called Imagine the Kingdom. I love it, reading it right now. But um, the habitation of the Spirit, um, he talks about in creating a posture filled, um, a posture that can be filled with with um, the Spirit and sanctification. Right? So you can be filled and sanctified, but you got to create a posture and a setting for that. Like if I'm going to sit a table, okay, I'm going to sit at the table, 
to eat, I expect food to come, right? Yeah. And so, but I got to prepare the place for the food to come. And so, a posture so of... And the food is like actually a gift. And the food is a gift, right? The food is a so gift. So like you've, you've prepared the, the place for the food, but it's not the food, right? And it's like... Yeah. When you when you talk about church and like those, you know, spiritual habits or the habituated practices, you know, like those are like big ways to say like we take communion every week because mm-hmm. that's us setting the table. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because the power isn't in the symbol. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural way for us to set the table as human beings every mm. single week, at least every single week, at if least. not more, for us to say, okay, we're going to do this because I'm setting the table for the presence of God to show up because without it, I can do nothing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's that. Once a week we do that on purpose once a week because that is a liturgy, right? That is that is a way that we get to set the place to just identify like God, I acknowledge you, this is what you've done. So we're we're doing this in remembrance of you, right? That's once a week. We are fighting, you know, Paul says, you know, we fight principalities and, yeah. and it's behind the scenes. We're fighting I'm gonna say it, we're fighting secular liturgies. Yeah. You know, James K. Smith, he said that the devil has the best liturgies. And I was like... And liturgy just, if you're new to that language, liturgy just means story. Like, mm-hmm. the world is telling you a story. Mm-hmm. Secular stories. And so when we talk about Christian liturgies, what we're talking about is we want to tell a different story here. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the true story, the truth. Right? So, again, and also liturgies, they actually pull at your heart like I said that's what they're trying to do so you're fighting that every single day on your way to work listening to NPR watching Fox News watching whatever watching Netflix going to the movies going to the mall none of that's bad but just know that they're after your heart right so a way that we fight back that we want to implement is being together in community Right. Um, Coming together to celebrate what God has done throughout the week, which is why we have our city groups. Right. Which is why we have the leadership academy, which is why we want you to growth track. We want you to be in a community Mm -hmm. throughout the week, missionally minded. Then when you come on Sunday, we celebrate what God has done. Yeah. And it's a celebration. Um, that's the goal. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, and so I just, so many things keep popping up in my head. Um, we're, uh, we're about out of time, but, you know, as I think about Redeemer City Church, about each of us being in Tampa Heights or Seminole Heights or South Tampa or Riverside Heights or wherever you call home or maybe you're a little farther away in Carrollwood or Wherever, you, wherever home is for you, like in your neighborhood, in, in our city, bottom line, our city. When I think about Redeemer City Church being in the city, you know, one of our values is serve the city. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is to look with Jesus at people. Um, 
you know, it, it comes back to that reconciliation conversation mm-hmm. is we we have to be willing to look with Jesus at people and recognize that they need Jesus and we need to be willing to listen to their story. You know, you and I have very different stories, but we are 100% convinced that for a long time, God's been architecting both of our steps to be in this place together for this moment. Um, not to overdo what we're capable of, you know, but um, like God wants to tell a different story. And he uses people to do that. You know, anybody who's been a part of Redeemer for any length of time has heard me quote 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. I say it as often as I can because it has, you have to believe this. It has to be our story that God chooses the weak things of the world to do his work. And he doesn't choose the strong, right? And so Redeemer City Church, God's called us to reach our city. He's called us to tell a different story. And there's never been a better time than right now when the world, the secular story in the world says all these different things and doesn't have an answer. Jesus does. And so super awesome. So we're going to we're going to keep that conversation going. But let me just challenge you to do those things that Jerome was talking about. Pray. Seek first the kingdom of God. Read your Bible. Worship Jesus on your own, with your city group, with your church family on Sundays as we celebrate and listen to the word and take communion. All these things, so important. But just be be cognitive, be aware of the stories, the liturgies that the world around you is trying to draw you into, as Jerome said, to, to get your heart. And uh, just be reminded about what Jesus said. If, what, what's it gain you if you gain the whole world but lose your soul in the process? And so we could talk about that for a long time. But let me pray for us. And uh, we'll call it an evening. We can't wait to be with you on Sunday. And uh, gearing up for a, for a great run at Easter here. And uh, we're kicking off a brand new series through the book of Colossians. Going to go verse by verse through that. And uh, really, really excited about that. Some pretty powerful stuff. So we love you. Thanks for being with us. Let me pray and we'll get out of here. God, thanks for the chance again to sit down and talk about you. To just again, at every opportunity, just reposition ourselves uh, under your authority and there's no better place to be. What good news that is for those of us who uh, live in this cultural moment. That there is someone who loves us. Who doesn't change like shifting sands or shadows that come and go. But you and your word are true. They last forever. And God I pray that you would do a mighty work in Redeemer City Church. That you would do a mighty work in the city of Tampa through all of your churches here. That we would show and tell a different story than the one that the world is telling. Help us to resist the devil. 
that he would flee from us, guard us, help us to use the weapons that you've given us that Paul reminds us of, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers of the darkness of this world. That that's not just a fun story, but that's reality. That we need the helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit. The belt of truth. We need all those things to really, truly be on mission for you. And we need each other to do that. You called us to be saints together. And so I pray that as we serve our city, as we look with you at the people in our city... As we share our story, as we tell your story, that we call people to repentance, that, God, you would do a mighty work, that we would see people come accept you as Lord and confess you, and, God, that you would do something immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine for your glory in our church. Bless our evening. Bless each one of the folks that call Redeemer home, that call other churches in our city home or around the country and world. Uh, We pray that your kingdom would come uh, right where each one of us are and that you would use us to do it. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday.